All right, guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of The Bearded Advocate. I'm your host, Alex Pappas, and today I am joined by Monique. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So go ahead and I guess give us a quick rundown of who you are and what you've been affected by. Okay, yeah. So my, my name is Monique, and online I go by Monique Estrella. That's my middle name. And I have been ill since the age of seven. So I was officially diagnosed at the age of seven with JRA, which is juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. At the age of 15, I got diagnosed with lupus, which is how they found out that's what was attacking my kidneys. I was on dialysis for a year and a half. I had a kidney transplant. And afterwards, things just kind of spiraled. I got diagnosed with a pseudotumor cerebri. Then they it became chronic migraines, asthma, osteopenia, which is before osteoporosis. So yeah, just the, the list is pretty extensive. Yeah, you know, just a just a small list. No, no big deal, right? Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. <clears throat> you know, it, it's funny because I say it all the time, like misery loves company um, in reference to like chronic illness and disability. Because I don't know anyone like that I've had on that just has like one single diagnosis. Like there's oh, always yeah. things that just, you might have one main one that you're affected by. Yeah. Um, and even people that are disabled from like birth, like something they're born with, it's like that disability leads to other underlying conditions or things that you have to watch for. And it's just, it's just crazy. It is. Can I just have one please? Yes. I, uh, these past couple of years have been quite like, even before the pandemic, because everybody's like, oh my gosh, the pandemic, like my life stood still. Like people, when you have a illness, your life is like still for so long. Like, come on welcome to my day-to-day life yes Um, yeah especially if you're immunocompromised and you you know you really shouldn't be going out anyway yes definitely or you you know you have to avoid certain things or I mean I I get a Remicade infusion every six weeks okay and around my infusions my you know immune system drops and I made the mistake of last weekend going out to a large event that we have here at the oceanfront and I ended up getting sick from it so Oh, man. <clears throat> yep. Nope. It's just things you don't think of. Yeah. And that's the bad thing because you people don't under like, I don't know for you, but I do not look sick. So yeah. everything that I have is inside. So people don't understand that I have to plan extra. I have to make sure that I'm taking mm. medicine and make taking like <laughs> my inhaler, my Tylenol, making sure that I'm taking my rest. And I even have to sometimes nap before and like for you, that big event, like you probably thought it through and you're like, okay, I'm going to weigh the pros and cons. And then sometimes you think I'm doing everything to be precautious. And then your illness is just like, nope, I'm just going to act up. And you're like, no, please. I'm trying to yeah. take care of me. So, so I guess for context for you. So I have ulcerative colitis, um, okay. which is a digestive disease. And then, you know, a couple other things wrong with my body too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure I still get long COVID when it comes to my lungs. Cause they're definitely been acting up since I had COVID like two years ago um but yeah no I get a I get an infusion and that kind of keeps me semi-functional um usually when I take in the things that count of all right I'm gonna go out it's usually just where's the nearest restroom which around here um, yeah especially in our main areas because we're we're a tourist location essentially Mm -hmm. right at right at the beach um access to restrooms and public restrooms is super easy so I don't really think about oh. that and it was just a yeah. really nice day it was like 80 which hasn't happened here in a while so I was like yeah let me go down go down to the ocean front where everything's happening and go enjoy yeah, the yeah. weather take some photos and 
Yep. No, she got like a common cold. So I was out, out of work for like three days. Yeah. Still sound and the bad thing is that just common things for other people might be a little bit more extra in our bodies because our bodies like <clears throat> the medicine and stuff. Sometimes like how you said, your immune system can go down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a common cold because it wasn't COVID because I did like a billion tests. That common cold was worse than I had COVID. Oh my gosh. Like COVID was more mild than the cold that I just had. I'm like, what is this? What is going on? That, that's sad. <laughs> and that's just, that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, <clears throat> you know, if you have a medication that compromises your immune system, or if you just have a condition where your immune system is less, less effective or able to handle less in general, simple things like the common cold can knock you out like a flu might take someone out and then oh, if you pair it up and if, you know someone like us gets the flu and we're immunocompromised it can be very dangerous and can end up in the hospital for something that someone might just get over the counter medicine for <clears throat> oh definitely um in 2019 i had an exam done and they were supposed to give me antibiotics afterwards the doctor forgot it was on a Friday. By Sunday, I was not feeling well. I felt like shivers, a fever coming. And usually I tend to be stubborn when it comes to going to the ER because I've gone so much. I'm like, no, it's probably just the cold or something. Yep. But I just felt like I needed to go. And I'm so glad I went because <clears throat> it turned out that I had sepsis. So I'm like, yeah, oh. that's not good. And I had to be in the hospital for a whole week. And it was pretty bad. And where are you located out of curiosity? I'm in Colorado. Colorado, okay. Yeah, so and what like about the third you? Third person from Colorado this past week. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm in Virginia. Virginia, okay. Yeah. Cool. No, I try to keep track of where everyone is. I actually just got. God, I got a background on my camera. I just got a map. Okay. Where's the blur option? None find it it's a travel map <clears throat> and i can scratch it off my room's a mess oh nice yeah but i I'm instead so of nice. for traveling i'm going to use it for the people, people that, that i talk to on on yeah on, on the podcast because i've had quite a few people from like outside of the country that i've talked to as well <clears throat> oh nice so i have i have a world map now so i'm gonna start scratching off where everybody's from awesome <clears throat> the u.s and different countries so i'm excited i gotta glue it to the backing of the frame so I can take the glass off so I can actually scratch off oh. the countries and stuff but <clears throat> I just got it in so I had to flatten it out so I'm excited about oh, that nice. that's exciting yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay so Colorado <clears throat> which yeah I've had like three people this week from Colorado for some reason everybody over there is mm. overly sharing which is okay <laughs> It seems like that every time I like do a call for people, because I'm always in a bunch of different Facebook groups asking people to come join. I usually get people from like a lumped area. Uh-huh. Usually a group of people from like somewhere in Texas and it's like Colorado and then it's usually like Florida. Okay. It's just yeah, it's I, just random. I saw your message where you were asking people. And usually like I tend to be kind of an overthinker and I'm like no like why would anybody want to know my story like who cares and, and then I saw these people I'm like you know what like this is my year I like this is my year where I will get out of my box because I don't know about you like but for me since I was 
diagnosed at such a young age, like age was just the normal thing for me, like being sick, going to the hospital, going to doctor's visits and all the medicine that they were giving me. So I felt like over the years, I didn't realize I kind of boxed myself in. And I, like I was trying to be this perfect person, not to burden people and not to overshare. So that's why I was so hesitant to like, be like, you know what? I'm going to schedule an appointment and see what happens and see what, how it goes. So that's actually a point that we bring up a lot on the podcast and I kind of ask different people about. So I was diagnosed at 17 with okay. colitis. So I had a good chunk, I guess, almost half my life, I guess, I'm 28 now. So almost at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> almost half of my life was fully functional. Now the second half is less functional. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that debate a lot and, and kind of conversation around how it's different where if you're born or diagnosed young enough, or if you're just born with a disability from birth or condition from birth compared to having your normal taken away and getting forced on a new normal. And I think it kind of ultimately ends up with the same thing. I mean, regardless if you're born with a condition or diagnosed with it, I think the isolation comes along with it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I would agree either with you're, you. you know, you're so used to it where you're just used to being your own independent person because you're dealing with so much and you learn to just, you know, deal with whatever you're dealing with. So you don't have to put it on other people or mm-hmm. it's like I'm on, on my end, you get diagnosed with something and you shut everyone off because it's overwhelming. And you oh, create yeah. this I, box to I figure out your new norm. It is different at the beginning, but I think at the end, it's very similar. Like I have friends that were diagnosed when they were young, when they were older. And like you said, at the end, it's the isolation, the feeling like you're a burden, feeling like you have to not overshare things because people are always asking you like, oh, I thought you were over that. When are you gonna get better? It's like, it's called a chronic illness. Like it's chronic, it's lifelong until they find like a cure. So it it gets a little bit overwhelming. And I think that no matter if you're diagnosed at a young age, or like you said, in your case, when you were 17, it's still like it comes throughout the years where you start isolating, you start trying to push people away. And because I've had this talk with my mom over and over, I I live with my parents right now. After I graduated college, I my health just tanked, like, it's going to be five years. And my health just went down the drain, I was in and out of the ER, trying like, I was having appointments basically every month, like every other week. And I think that I just had pushed myself so much. I pushed myself to the point where I burnt out. And in in college, I was still going to the ER in college. And all of a sudden, my body started doing all these crazy things like seizing and stuff. So when I came home, because I had not allowed my body to rest, I kind of just, my body's like, I'm done with you. Like, we need to rest. So and then COVID happened and everything, but it, it's been hard because during those times I've like cried to my mom, like, I'm sorry. She's like, I don't mind. She's like, I do this for you. Like if I minded, if I like wanted you out, I would have told you a long time ago. Like, I'm not that person. Like I love you and I will help you until you are better to like, kind of like your baseline normal where you feel like you can go out back to work or whatever. And so it is hard, like having a chronic illness, like you said, it just, you isolate and then I feel like it builds a lot of like 
this weight inside of you of how to navigate the world now that you have this extra thing that nobody can see. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you have an invisible, you know, chronic illness or disability, it's a whole nother factor to it as well. Definitely. And I think that's a big part of, at least in my opinion, why, you know, it's so important to share experiences, not so much for people that aren't affected by a condition at all. You know, the normal, fully functional, able-bodied people. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they're doing. I'm not worried about what they're doing. They can do their own thing. I don't, they don't affect me in any way, shape, or form. Um, I focus on it because I look at everything that we've been through mm-hmm. over the years. There's a massive amount of knowledge and experience. And I also have a saying that I, I say a lot on the podcast that pain puts things into perspective and that perspective definitely. can give us a purpose. Oh my gosh, definitely. <laughs> and I think that's a massive part of sharing our experiences because <clears throat> I believe that regardless of what you're diagnosed with, chronic illness, disability, terminal illness, doesn't matter what it is. I think that we all experience 70 to 80% of the same experiences and struggles through dealing with our doctors, medications, side effects, medical expenses, you know, inability to work, how it affects us at work, social experiences, you know, dating with a chronic illness or disability. It, we all deal with those general factors. And then we have mm-hmm. that 20 to 30% that's specifically our disease or diagnosis. And I think that's important because I mean, we're talking about it. Isolation is a massive factor for people that are diagnosed or disabled with just about anything. Mm. And having people share their experiences and realizing how much we can all relate with each other automatically because we understand how, you know, the whole system works and the things that we all struggle with is super important and super powerful. And I think COVID made that even more prominent, the importance of connecting with other people in our communities. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That, that's like my whole thing. I started a YouTube channel about two years ago and I've like slowly been doing it because two years ago to compare to now I'm doing much better, but it was really hard to kind of like do the editing and everything. But my whole purpose of doing that and then I started a TikTok was just to talk about living authentically to yourself and talk about my experiences and normalize it and be like hey like just because you can't see it doesn't mean isn't there and like I'm not seeking your pity I'm not seeking for you to feel bad I'm just letting you know like I have to take extra precautions and measures and and really navigate the world differently but if you want to be part of my life that's amazing but if you don't I understand like some some people don't want to deal with that burden of having a friend or a family member, I'm like, you know what, like, just trying to share my voice, like you said, my story, so then other people can feel comfortable and be like, hey, you know what, like, I have a similar story. And it's okay, if I feel like I'm going through these things, because there's people that I can reach out to the isolation, the fear of dating, the fear of like, um, being accepted and being yourself, like navigating that how open you can be about who you are. And I just love like now with social media and with podcasts and stuff like that. Cause I, I used to try to not think about it. Like before I got sick, 
with lupus, I was the type of person that I'm like, oh yeah, I have an illness. Like it's whatever. Like I'm just going to keep on going forward and doing what I need to do for myself. And nobody has to know. And it was that thing that I just felt like it was not necessary for people to know about my illnesses. And I pushed and anytime that it, people like talked about it or whatever, like I tried to be like, try to be happy and positive for everyone to know that I was okay. And I kind of just shoved all my emotions down. And it's just like this new learning process where I love uh, listening to podcasts or even seeing people on TikTok where they talk about what they're going through and like being real, like not trying to be fake about their experiences and just saying, hey, like just because I'm crying, because I'm going through this, that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. Like it might feel like it for a moment, but once I let it out and then I go forward and I'm like, okay, you know what? I just needed that good cry and I feel better. I don't know. That's my perspective. And that's, <clears throat> and that's fair. And I think a big part of it too, that the people need to understand is, you know, when we talk about <clears throat> our experiences and everything that we go through, it's not so much for pity or for to use it as, as an excuse it's here's how it works for us and if you want to take the time to understand it go ahead and understand it oh yes definitely which is the big thing um and i think in a in a format like this you know my goal is to create a resource for people that are new to a chronic illness or a disability or they're reaching out and they're they're trying to learn because it's how i'm I upload all the all the podcasts as I do. <clears throat> like the, the main diagnosis for some people, or I'll lump it together of kind of what the person's dealing with in the title. So people can kind of find it real quick. I mean, I have a ton oh, yeah. of people that have ulcerative colitis that come on because I'm in a lot of the UC groups, because you know, that's what I have. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> and it's really easy to just title, okay, this person is UC, and then in the description it also has, you know, struggles with this, this, or this. And, People can listen to it because that's that's really what it's about. And don't get me wrong, I think all of us that are diagnosed at a later age, we all have that that little pity party stage. And I'm sure even people that are living with stuff go through those stages of, oh, poor, poor me, which you know is is understandable with what a lot of us go through. Oh, when definitely, really, yeah. Once, once I think you're past that and you're at more of an acceptance and I guess a, a determined stage to help others suffer less, mm -hmm. you start to look at things really differently, which is the important part. And I don't expect everyone to be at that stage. I mean, it took me what, eight or nine years till I got to that point. Mm -hmm. And everyone's, everyone's different. One thing that I've noticed is like, either you get in the stage where you tell yourself this is nothing it's not going to affect me that bad yes i'm going to go through this and i'm going to push through i'm going to get the right medication and then you kind of ignore it and put it in the back burner and you try to be like a normal person like if you try to do everything but your body has those limitations and you need to listen to your body of like okay maybe today i can push 20 percent, but tomorrow only five percent like learning and that was my like for me it was the first half, I just kept on pushing and pushing through. And I told myself, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, I can do this. Like once they finally, cause when I got diagnosed, it was a pretty like intense, the way that it happened the first time and also the second time. And afterwards I was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. The second time it was a little bit harder because I was 
it was my it was after my freshman year of high school so I was a teenager dealing with teenager hormones and also like just your life feeling like it's being uprooted and changing very dramatically it really like that's where I was like I really tried to push forward but there was moments where I'd be like why like why me again like I already have one thing like why me again and but yeah I feel like when you have a purpose when you want to help other people to feel that they are not alone like that's what I feel called for to share my story so people can know that they're not alone and they know that they there's people out there that are willing to listen to sit with you and cry with you people that are willing to be that shoulder to cry on to be that person that you can laugh with because it is hard like it's definitely hard i've had friends that kind of didn't realize the impact or the extent of what it was to live with a chronic illness until finally i was like in the hospital and they're like oh wow like i didn't know you were sick so i'm like yeah i'm sick but you just don't see it like unless you look at my lab work you're never going to see it and so when you help others like you said to know that they're not alone to kind of walk with them i feel that it helps you with yourself like how you said your pain it puts your pain in perspective and it also helps you help someone else say hey like we can do this together and my whole thing is like talking about dealing with your emotions because i feel like that has a huge thing with especially with toxic positivity sometimes i've done it a lot where i kind of minimize how my emotions are doing which can kind of make my anxiety go up because i'm not willing to deal with what is going inside so i feel that many people that i've also met that are sick they kind of tend to either be in the bandwagon of like oh my gosh yes i'm going to be positive very toxic positive like I can do this and I and then they end up burning themselves or I've met people that are in the camp of like they just don't want to get out of the pity party they just want to stay there and they want to experience that and it's just like trying to find that balance of like it's okay to feel bad because it is your life like it is huge you know constantly affect you but at the same time trying to like walk forward even if it's like baby steps to try to get forward and seeing that you have a purpose even if that purpose might have changed before you got sick. It's true. That is true. And that's I mean that's a that's a massive part of it. And I think you know feeling feeling kind of bad for what you're going through. I think there's there's all these all these different stages that you deal with. And yeah. <clears throat> I think the biggest and, and the most powerful part is when you get to the point where you can separate and say, hey, look, this is what I'm dealing with now. It's not ideal. It's not fun. But because of that, I can do X, Y, or Z, or I can still do this, this, and this. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And taking that time to understand the difference and the importance of it. Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's challenging I, for a lot of people, but if you're able to definitely. do it, God, does it make such a difference? Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, I don't know if it's just because I've always loved helping people. Like I just love being of service and being able to help people. Like for me, trying to make people laugh, trying to make them feel better, and all that. It's 
it's okay to cry because life, like you have to have the bitter so you can experience the sweet. Like with the bitter, you understand how good the sweet is. And yes, we don't want to have the bad things happen, but through these bad things, in my personal experience, I've experienced things that I definitely wouldn't have experienced if I was a normal, like air quotations, like if I didn't have anything <laughs> wrong with me. Because there's What's many normal? people that I've met, oh. right? <laughs> so many wonderful people that I've met that are like hospital visits and like amazing people that I've heard their stories and I probably would have never heard them if I wasn't in that situation. And it's just like you, I don't know, just trying to put perspective of like, there are good things, even if they seem like they're sprinkled here and there, there are good things that come even when you are suffering, even when you are in pain. Yeah, yeah, and it might be sprinkled throughout, <clears throat> and a lot of the time, if you take the time to kind of step back and think about it, <clears throat> all the negative things that we go through, I think, give us more appreciation for the good things that we deal with on a regular basis, as simple as they may be. Oh, no, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, definitely, like, Okay, not even gonna exaggerate. When COVID hit, I was still recover like recuperating from 2019 and everything that was going on. My mom literally, she's like, "Okay, like you don't need to get out." Like she basically wanted to lock me in my room and keep me safe because she's like, "I can't afford you losing your kidney. I can't give you another one. So I need you safe and I need you to make sure you're okay." And I because I didn't know how the situation was. I didn't leave my house for two months because I didn't really have a necessity. Like the only thing, uh, most of my appointments were done virtually during that time. And it was just the first time that I took some steps outside of my house. I was like, oh my gosh, it feels so nice to be outside. Like I didn't go anywhere, but it was just that moment of, this feels really nice. Like I am outside of my house. And I know that a lot of people are like excited for that, but I just think of people that have been in hospital, in the hospital for like 20 plus days or something like that, that they walk out and they're like, wow, this feels great. Cause when I was 15 and my kidneys were failing, there was a moment where I was in the hospital for a month. It was about 30 days that I was in the hospital. And the moment that I walked out, I was like, wow, oh, I yep. can see the sky. It was just beautiful. Like, and people are probably like, why is she so excited? I'm like, you just don't get it. It is just beautiful. It. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Longest I've been in is about three weeks. And yeah, when I, when I was yeah. in, because it was my colitis, I was in the hospital for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. In two of those weeks, I wasn't eating anything. Like I wasn't allowed to eat food. Oh, wow. It was just IVs and everything. God, when they, when they're like, yes, you can have pasta just basic pasta with like butter on oh it. that's it as the most satisfying <laughs> thing ever it was like pasta <laughs> like you don't understand when you when you've been like fed through an iv bag and it smells like wet cat food um the pasta with with basic butter on it tastes amazing oh my gosh yeah like when i was put on dialysis they basically told me it's like the things that you don't even like but they tell you no, you're like, I want that now. So they're like, you can't have pickles. You can't have this. You need to have like a low sodium diet. Oh, God, you can only pickles. have about like 64 ounces a day. 
uh, of like any drink. And when she told me pickles, like I'm not even a pickle fan, but I got <laughs> so upset and I'm like, I can't have pickles. I want a pickle right now. Like, and my mom was looking at me like, are you okay? I'm like, I just, I want a pickle. My life will not be better until I have a pickle. <laughs> I was just so upset. Oh, and it was just the funniest thing because when I was in the hospital, the food that they were giving me because it was a low sodium diet, basically it was flavorless. It was flavorless. The chicken had no seasoning and they gave me this little tiny soda. And I remember the nurse coming in and she, she's like, oh, I need to check your sugar levels. I'm like, what? She's like, oh yeah. And she's like, oh, you can't have this soda because you're diabetic. I swear, I was like the exorcist. I did a 360. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. I am not diabetic. Where are you getting this information from? And once I told her and like she went to her supervisors and everything, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I got the wrong information. And I'm like, seriously, give me back my soda. I need that. <laughs> it's like the only flavor I have in life right now. And she was just like kind of surprised because I was so angry that she wanted to take away my soda. Don't touch it yeah <laughs> and you have this one victory exactly <laughs> yeah no it's it's the sometimes it's the simple things and it <clears throat> I, I i believe it's it it really is because we're able to appreciate the simple things and, and have gratitude for the simple things because we understand how low life can get Yes. And how challenging it can be or, you know, how painful something can be. So you, you can appreciate the simple things. Definitely. Yeah. It, it's astounding how just being at home and being like, yes, yeah, sometimes I get upset and frustrated because I want my healing to get go quicker so I can reach my baseline of how I was before. And just sometimes I'll sit back and I'm like, wow, like who has, who is, has the privilege? Like my mom, she's like, I'm working. I'm fine. Like you get better where you will be able to be okay to work. You get better where you will feel okay to like be able to be out of the house more. And she's like, you just take care of you right now. Like a lot of people that are sick don't have that privilege. And I'm like thankful because sometimes you don't have that support system. Sometimes you don't have that people gathering around you saying like, Hey, like do what you need to do and take care of you and um, do what you need to do. And like, I, I will help you. And I'm really thankful for my mom for that. Like it's given me the opportunity to actually take care of myself and go to all the doctor's appointments that I need. And just having that time where I'm with my family, like I appreciate it more because I'm like, wow, like, you know, it time is fleeting and you never know what's going to happen. Like it, in these past, this past year I had, uh, two relatives pass away and it just put things more into perspective of like how fleeting time is and I'm like just the small things of just having to sit down and watch a movie with my mom or hanging out with my brothers they're they're trying to teach me how to play a game and it just I try to soak in those moments and just appreciate it more oh, they, they sucking you into gaming oh trying to teach me how to play a game but I like suck at it <laughs> Like computer games is what we're talking about what yeah yeah they're they're gamers and my brother he was trying to teach me how to play league of legends oh i'm sorry <laughs> and i was like okay so what am i doing and then he's like i'm gonna turn off the chat because people are calling you mean things and i was like 
oh, okay, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a it's a common gaming thing. <clears throat> and so I'm like, I don't want to feel bad because I don't know how to play the game. And so yeah. it's just funny. No, I'm a, I'm a big gamer. So it makes makes doing the podcast stuff a lot easier. Oh, nice. <clears throat> but very different games, mostly Minecraft and building games, survival games, because, you know, single player. Yeah, he plays, he plays that, the, the Minecraft and um roblox and stuff like that also oh, God. Uh, roblox. Oh, but yeah he uh like i don't really trust my brother because one time when he was younger he was about like i want to say eight seven or eight and this was on the xbox and it was one of the halo games i don't know which one it was and he's like you want to play with me and i was like okay fine and he kept on shooting me. He's like, oh, no, it's an accident. I'm sorry. And then he would do it again. Oh, no. I'm like, we're on the same team. Why do you keep on shooting me? And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then he would give me that, like, that little sneaky, devilish smile. I'm like, you little punk. What? You just had, you're just enjoying this because I don't know how to play. I mean, you know, that is fun every once in a while. <clears throat> Can't blame him. New person yeah. of the game, you gotta, you know, get some, get some kills in, right? He's um, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay yeah no, I, I enjoy my gaming from time to time it's probably what i'm gonna do later today after nice. i edit a bunch of stuff uh-huh. <clears throat> so i guess what does look back on on mildly on topic um what uh what does a normal day look like for you with all the doctor's appointments and I'm curious to ask how many medications you're on. It sounds like probably I would guess what eight to eight to ten. Yeah, you're right on track. Yeah, yep, that sounds about, about right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. I think about eight medications that I take that are prescribed medications, and then I have four or five. Wait. Let me back. I think it's like six or seven that are prescribed, prescribed, and then the other like three or four are vitamins that they have me take also. Okay. And then I also have an inhaler that I need to take for my asthma. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much on track. Like they add and take, but it's not bad. Like honestly, I used to take more, and I have a bag that I need to get rid of of medication that I need to take to the. Uh, where you dispense your medicine, get rid of it. And you know, a lot of places haven't been doing that around here since COVID. Yeah. So I'm like, I just kind of just have it sitting there and I look, I'm like, I used to be on so much medication. Like I am proud. Like someone might be like, that's a lot. Like when I go and visit family or like when I'm, I have a sleepover with my friends and I stay over, they're like, wow, you take a lot. I'm like, trust me, this used to be more. I used to be like on 15. This is this is manageable. If I stay in this range, I am okay with it. Like I am fine. Um, but yeah, so to answer your question, a normal day for me, honestly, I wake up around, well, right now with the time change, I've been waking up earlier. So like I wake up around like eight or nine. And then after that, just kind of, if I don't have an appointment, I'll try to start my morning kind of slowly just to give my body some time to kind of 
get adjusted to like the weather changes and everything. Um, and then just have breakfast. After that, I'll try to do my exercises for physical therapy. I have like a bunch. <laughs> um, and if I'm not on a flare up, I'll try to help around, cook, make sure that I clean and just have things ready for my mom after she gets off of work. And then after that, just either try to edit a video or try to do some TikToks and and then yeah. just rest a little bit, like rest in between. So it's not too you much. Like now that YouTube famous. Oh, I wish no. <laughs> I like you can no, like, you can I, talk about it if you want. You can plug your channels. You're more than welcome to. Oh, thank you. Uh, my channel is Monique Estrella, so it's my first name and my middle name. Um, then TikTok is the same. I'm just trying to. I like keep on praying. I'm like, please, please listen to me, God, universe, whatever's out there, please listen. Like, if I could work from home, like, substantially make enough money to actually take care of my health, that would be beautiful. That'd be so beautiful. Um, but yeah, just right now, just taking care of myself. I just, I've been going to a lot of physical therapy appointments. Um, I also do acupuncture for my migraines. So just doing stuff like that. But yeah, just been busy with getting super close. The problem with me, myself, is that when I start feeling energy, and it's like a 10% energy, I want to act like that 10% is 90%. And I want to run with it full on and do everything. And then I end up crashing. So right now, I'm trying to learn to manage with what I have and try to, what, what did you call it? I forgot. Um, it's a, like a fatigue scale, trying to see where my fatigue is at. And then from there assessing, okay, this is how much energy I have for today. And then after I do stuff, okay, how much more do I think I can do without pushing myself where I'm going to be out of commission? And it's super hard because I get a little bit, I'm that person that gets really excited when I have just a little bit of energy. I'm like, finally, the shackles are off. And, and they're like, okay, no, not really. We haven't that, given you the key. That excitement was the energy and it was just used. Like, exactly, exactly. And then I got I'm overly like, excited. Well, there goes that energy. That was, that was fun while it lasted. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I understand that one. It's always always a struggle like ah i feel like i have energy and then you start doing things you're like nope never mind yeah definitely <laughs> i'm like you lied to me buddy and then i'm like well i guess i'll go and lay down in bed put on my heating pad and just take some tylenol oh boy that sounds sounds like fun so right out of curiosity <laughs> being in colorado marijuana THC I, and oils and all the fancy stuff that they have over there for pain management. Does that help at all with like the arthritis? I do not partake in the marijuana. Um, okay. I'm just curious because there's a lot of products that are well, but I've heard under it that come from it that don't necessarily get you high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that it does. Some people. I actually had uh, one of my aunts who passed away last year. She, she was taking, I don't know if she was like taking lotions or if she was smoking it for the pain, but I think it really helped her like ease the pain. 
Mm-hmm. I like for me personally, like a, the smell, I get really bad headaches from it. Like I can't stand the smell. Okay. And so that's fair. It is a very yeah, strong smell. Yeah, it is strong. So I'm like, for me, like it just, I, it starts aggravating my migraines. So it doesn't really help. So, but I have heard some people that it does help them and they, it's released a lot of like the pain that they have. Um, but for me, I'm thankful that the things that they prescribed me so far have been pretty Take effective. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. no, I always ask because I mean, now that it's mildly legal in Virginia, I, I can't because I'm a federal employee, I work for the government. Mm-hmm. So until yeah. they legalize it, that's not an option. But <clears throat> the oils, like CBD and THC oils, um, mm-hmm. supposedly help quite a lot with colitis and your digestive based disease just because it helps you know coach your coach your intestines and can help prevent inflammation and treat active inflammation and it's just something I'm curious about because yeah <clears throat> it's natural so it's oh, not yeah, yeah, you know yeah. any killer chemicals so it doesn't have any crazy side effects and <clears throat> my infusions cost about eight thousand dollars a pop every six months without insurance. So I don't have to worry about, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about this giant number looming over yeah. my head if anything ever happened to my insurance. So that's, that's just why I ask about it. Oh, no, I know yeah, for some people it's helpful, for some people it's not. I would say check it out and see how it goes. Like, um, I, I have heard like some people say that it, it helps with their pain. And I don't know, like, I never went into depth and asked him like, so what are you doing? Like, do you roll it, smoke it? Like what's, what's going on? <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm glad it helps you. Like I've never really thought about it. Because Can I, I trust the brownies or I do? No, I need to avoid that batch. Like, what <laughs> Right. <clears throat> it's fair. Yeah. No, I always ask. And surprisingly, most people that come on from Colorado, that's about the same answer. So much of no, they haven't, they don't really get, get involved in it. So I was just curious. I know because yeah, I ran I, across a uh, like a study on it for severe colitis and Crohn's and it seemed to be doing well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I, I'm like, I already have enough with what is working and they sometimes mess me up and I'm like, what, what is the side effect that I'm feeling? Am I dying or is oh, it yeah. just chest those pain? Are, like, those are fun. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, I, that's not supposed to hurt. Oh, exactly. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, uh. I just went to my doctor and I ended up falling a couple months ago. I was at, it's called a ballerina here and it's where they have the concerts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I ended up falling mm-hmm. onto the concrete floor and getting a concussion. And so now I'm dealing like with post-concussion sy- uh, syndromes that are aggravating my migraines. And he wanted to put me on medication. And he's like, oh, have you heard of noratriptyline? And I'm like, oh, wait. I think if you put me on it or another doctor, I'm like, nope, that one gave me mood swing. Like I started feeling weird in my mind. I'm like, nope, we're not getting on that one. Like he's like, I told him, can we find something else? He's like, yeah, 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 we, we can do that. So I was like, because I don't want to go on one that like makes me feel like I'm not me. That's not, I'm not about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if you super depression or something, you're just like, nope, <clears throat> I'm good. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, because he's like, it's a medicine that can help you with post-concussion syndromes, and it was used for, like, depression and for other things. He's like, but it should be able to help you. I'm like, well, um, I really like how my mind is right now. I feel good, and 
the only thing that I have is anxiety. So like I'm treating that. I really don't want to mess with it. Don't want to mess with my mind. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, I think we all have those medications. We're like, yeah, we're going to avoid that. Like the plague. Oh, definitely. thank you. <clears throat> No, no, prednisone was definitely one of those for me. It was a horrendous steroid, horrible oh. for you long term. Yeah, that's, unfortunately, I'm on it on five milligrams. It's a low dose, but still, I have been on it for years now. And the doctor's like, yeah, we can't take it off of you because it's for your kidney transplant. So you won't go into rejection. And because I also was reading this study where now when people get kidney transplant they put them on like a really high dose of steroids and then they take them off and then they don't have to take prednisone and I was like um excuse me when, where can I get one of those because I don't want the prednisone because prednisone is a, like you said it's a terrible it's great but it has very oh, terrible yeah. side effects <clears throat> so my exposure to it was in the 40 to 100 milligram range oh dang yeah yeah that's high yeah, when I was in the hospital, I was I was on it on high <clears throat> doses and mm, did not like it at all. But yeah, my bones are all that... jacked up from it. Oh, yep, yeah. strips the calcium from your bones with the the high dosage long term. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why uh, the the osteopenia, like we're thinking that maybe it's because of that. Of course, the doctors won't say, but because um, of the prednisone, I've been on it for so long, like it's been more than a decade. And even though it's in low doses, like it's still like over the years, they sometimes upped it and lowered it and upped it. So it's just, uh, it's a terrible, but good medicine that does what it needs to do. But at the same time, it messes everything else. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah, you're like, nope, we need to avoid this, this, and this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like, well, your body's dying. Well, my body can keep dying. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll be okay. Times. We'll figure it out. Yeah. There's other options. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, some of those medications with the side effects are feel like they're worse than the actual disease itself. You're like, I'll take the disease. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard, I've had to learn the hard way um certain medications that i'm allergic to and i'm like okay well that's it farewell so never again yep yep <clears throat> yep <clears throat> it's <clears throat> you learn you learn very quick on those you're like ooh yeah especially if definitely. you've been taking a bunch of medications for a long period of time and a new one comes into play you start taking it you're like whoa 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 Mm -hmm. why You're am like, i all wait. of a sudden having mood swings and in a bad mood like nope that's uh, -uh. yeah like random depression for no reason yep nope we're stopping that medication thanks thank you very much i was exactly. like why'd you stop because i was overly depressed i'm good <clears throat> yep well you're you're having a mild flare-up that's fine i'll have a mild flare-up <laughs> definitely that's how i feel I'm like no i'm okay you can keep it it's okay like that mild flare-up is nothing compared to the rabbit hole that is depression and adhd combined like oh mm, yeah. boy that's it's a it's always a dangerous combination because 
I'm like 95% sure I have ADHD. So my brain is all over the place all the time, constantly Uh thinking, which don't get me wrong. When I'm in, when I'm in a productive mood, when I'm in a good mood, when I'm in a creative mood, it's incredibly helpful, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the podcast. Like I think of a bunch of different um, things to work on, projects to lead, ways to expand. I mean, I have a couple like social media movements I'm working on and building out. It's great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. When you're depressed, all those thoughts are in the negative direction and they snowball very quickly. I so that's just can, a, that's a no-go. I can definitely agree with that. Like I have anxiety and this past couple of years, I felt like I was going through like a depressive mode. So not like um like clinical depression but just like with everything that was going on it was just making really depressed and then I got a TikTok last year and all these people keep like the algorithm keeps on pushing people that have ADHD and I'm like okay do I also have that because I like my brain goes everywhere and I'm like okay I cannot (laughs) deal with something new right now I just (laughs) okay I'm like my brain like is is this what's going on but then because I have a friend who has ADHD and I asked her I'm like well I don't know because like some of them apply to me but others don't because growing up I was basically really good at school and because I was very competitive so maybe that's why I was really good like I am extremely competitive like I wanted to be number one like no less than and I was always striving to be the best and so I was like, I don't, I don't know if it really like, but some symptoms, like I'm like, I overthink, my mind goes everywhere. Some, some, someone will say like a random word. And then I have this whole story that I feel like they need to know about that one random word that reminded me about something that happened 20 years ago. And it's just like, like I have to put little pins, like whenever I talk to my friend, they're like, okay, go well, pin that thing because now I need to talk about something else because it relates to this. And they're like, how does that relate? I'm like, I don't know, but it did in my mind. Like it's all related. Like you don't know, but I know. And so I don't know. Sometimes TikTok, I'm like, do I have ADHD? I don't know. Yep. No, I've talked to, I've had quite a few people on the show that have had like autism and ADHD or some combination of the two or one or the other. And mm. more as I was talking to the people that had ADHD and we were talking, I was like, you know what? I think I have this and I started looking and I'm like, yeah yeah that that makes a lot of sense yeah like wait like, wait 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 say that again I think I have that and that and that and that just like man I need to avoid like certain groups of people talking to them because I'm like end right? up with a couple more diagnoses I'm like they're talking I'm like damn that sounds way too familiar yeah oh that sounds like another diagnosis it's expensive I'm good yeah like I don't have time for this I will just ignore it until it becomes a prominent problem over here like I'm 28 I didn't know I had this I'm fine right like yeah yeah you you survived this long I don't I don't need to address this right now do we no no (laughs) we're fine we're fine it doesn't hurt so we're okay like you're right you're like if it doesn't hurt then I'm okay it's fine if I can't feel it it's not a problem that's what I'm gonna go with (laughs) Oh it might be gosh. a way I think well it's not painful so okay we're good right <laughs> oh boy yeah no that's that's always fun 
And then now I'm at the point where I've been like thinking about it for a while and I've been aware of it. Now I'm just like, but how productive would I be with Adderall? <laughs> like, right? You're mm. like, would, I, would my productivity just like skyrocket? <laughs> I'm like, I'm already pretty productive and I do a lot with the podcast. Would I be overly productive with it? Yeah. Like, do I want to get diagnosed? Maybe I should try it. I don't know. Yeah. That's what, that's what my mind's at. Like, would I be more productive? Because I definitely yeah. get on those days and, and I 100% recognize it when it's like I'm having a productive day and then I'm like, you know what? Games sound great. And my mind's like, no, no, we need to be productive. And I'm like, no, no, games sound great. <laughs> oh, just just an hour. We just can play Minecraft for like an hour, eight hours later. Oh. Right. Yeah. I need to go to bed. I have work tomorrow. That's how I am. Like ever since I downloaded TikTok, I'm like, curse you. Oh, but God. it's so good. Because TikTok like, is like ADHD, like black hole. Oh my gosh. Like I just love, love, love. Like the side that I'm on, it's like finding yourself, healing your inner child. Like there's some funny things here and there. And it's just like, ADHD people pop on and then there's like conspiracy theories I'm like oh wow what conspiracy what are we talking about what <laughs> yep. that sounds interesting you know like no I don't have time for this but then my brain is like we do we definitely do let's make some time I'm like no Four hours it is later. not time yeah that's how it is and then and then after I get off of TikTok I have to google I'm like oh so this is the haunted house where mm, okay what's behind <laughs> oh, <boy>. this <laughs> And like I can't with you. I can't with you, brain. This is not what we're supposed to be Look, doing. ADHD and TikTok are a very dangerous combination. Very uh, dangerous. I, I My bet, TikTok I is bet. all over the place. Like I have car stuff. <laughs> I got gaming stuff. I got like disability, ADHD, advocacy. Then I got yeah. like stupid relationship stuff. I'm like just like oh god, this is too much. And yeah, then it just yeah. like it hops from one topic to the next and just keeps cycling through them. So it's perfect. Like, I don't ever get like overly bored with the same topic. Yep. That's it how just it is. Knows. Like, it's so funny because like I will have my algorithm, like I'll get on and it'll be like finding yourself and traveling and you know, healing your inner child. And then all of a sudden, like, I'll refresh it and then be like, conspiracy theories. Oh my gosh, did you hear about this haunted house? And then it's just like, okay, so you know everything that I'm interested in. That's good. Keep it coming. Cause I really, I don't, I don't like seeing like the same thing over and over. Yep. Yep. So that's always a fun, fun little caveat. Why? Yeah. I, try to stay away from tiktok even though i need to post stuff on there yeah i need to be careful yeah. like if i want to post something i just have to go post it and just close the app out uh, right, right I'm done. like done Oof, got it done. tag you're it done yes <laughs> hot potato throw it you're done okay i made it exactly no it's it's dangerous it is oh boy so what, what about youtube youtube famous <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I need I need to be uh, more productive with my YouTube. I'm probably gonna switch live streaming over to YouTube personally. Yeah, my uh my brother, he's like, you only have X amount of food. Like now I now <laughs> I feel so proud of myself. It took me forever, but I have 55 subscribers. Hey, I'm proud of them. Look, it's and progress. I love them. I'm like, I love you guys. Like some of you are family members, but some, some are strangers. Like they even like me enough to subscribe. I'm like, thank you. 
I appreciate you. Some are random people. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thank you. Thank you for the love. Um, yeah, just started doing it. I started just talking about like, um, just life and trying life. to bring awareness to chronic illness, basically bringing awareness to chronic illness, talking about my faith, but then right now I'm having a faith crisis. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's okay. I don't know what I believe in. I'm like, okay, it's fine. My life is just uh, crumbling, but not really. So I'm like, it's okay. I'll just take it. Um, yeah, just trying to show my life and like how it is with chronic illness and just invisible illness, trying to like, whenever I can, taking them to the sides of like the doctor's appointments and everything and just bringing more awareness and also just trying to show like, even just because you're sick, that doesn't mean you you don't have to be, like you don't have to box yourself in. Like you can be yourself, like you can live authentically to you because I boxed myself, like I said earlier, into what I thought people wanted me to be. Like I wanted to be this perfect person, like the person that is always serving, the person that's helping and has it all together and never has a meltdown, even though I have quite a few. <laughs> and it's just, oh boy, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like I, for me to stop helping these breakdowns, I need to stop trying to be perfect. Like, I need to like realize that I am imperfect and that is okay. But my anxiety is like, no, we need to have it all together. I'm like, please be quiet. Look, this, this, most of the fully functional people I went to school with don't even have it all together and their life is in shambles. So you know what? I don't feel that bad. <laughs> like at least, I'm, at least I'm doing something. I'm like I'm moving right. forward. I'm doing something. What are you guys doing? That's what I thought. Nothing. Um, <laughs> fighting yeah. with your significant others and hating your children. Okay, got it. Like you're like, wow. Okay. <clears throat> like, look, I can avoid doing all that and still, you know, be a functional person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, so I kind of the way I look at, it, I got to the point where I just stopped caring what people think. I just do mm-hmm. do what works for me. Do oh yeah, like about, do it. You know, do what makes me happy. I, think that's I, like, I love year. talking to people on the podcast. I meet some really mm-hmm. cool people and people that are going through a lot more stuff than I am. I mean, yeah, I had a guy on last year that was got ALS and got wow. terminal illness. So there's no, mm-hmm. there's no positive end to that, but it was really cool yeah. talking to him and seeing kind of his outlook on things and the perspective that he got from it. Oh yeah, definitely. Meet a ton of cool people, people doing all kinds of stuff, people that are TikTok famous or that run giant nonprofits and organizations and have massive followings. And I'm just like, oh, cool. Wow. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. I'm like, well, I'll get there eventually. Exactly. Exactly. We will get there. We will get there together. We will do this. I, uh, there's this TikTok that I saw that said, um, like, there's people out there doing things mediocrely. And they are being successful. Like, why can't you be successful? Like, why can't you do it? I'm like, you know what? That is correct. That is right. Like, I I'm, can do like, better than mediocre. Yes. I'm like, this is my year. I'm definitely, like, going to go out there and succeed. And so, but, like, I'm trying to just be like, you know what? It's taking its time, but I will succeed. I will be successful. <laughs> Yeah, it's a process, which oh, is okay. Yeah. Definitely. Wrong with that. 
I've uh, I feel like this year, like with everything that's been going on, uh, in my life, I kind of just taking a step back from things and taking a moment to just take care of me has been very healing, and just allowing myself that you know what I can be imperfect. I need to like just because I'm the oldest child, that doesn't mean that I have to like keep everything together. Like just because. I have all these things going on with me that doesn't mean that I can't talk about it or express how I'm feeling and just try like as I've seen those changes of just like allowing myself to be more free and allowing myself to express myself has been very liberating and I'm like you know what this might take some time but it's showing like the progress is showing within myself of allowing myself to put myself out there and do things that I've always wanted to do. So it is very rewarding. I mean, it feels, I mean, personally, it feels good to talk to people and kind of just, it's almost, I think I compare it to like therapy in a way, mm-hmm. at least, at least when, when I talk to people on the podcast, cause you know, it's like talking to people about what you deal with that, that actually understand it. In my opinion, I think it'd be better than if I were to go to therapy, not that I, feel like I need to, but <clears throat> I know that's a common thing that people talk about with mental health. And I think, you know, just expressing what you go through and having a platform where you can openly talk about it and get to that point where it's just like, you know what, this is what I deal with and it's okay. And if you guys don't like it, well, that's too bad. Like, this is what I yeah. deal with and this is my normal. You don't have to accept that because you know what, it doesn't affect you at all. Definitely. It doesn't affect you and you don't care about it, then get out of my way. Yeah, like, honestly, like, my mental health right now, like, I uh, was talking to my mom, and, like, for me, religion, like, when I got really sick, it it helped me to, like, find that community and stuff and everything, but as I look back, there's some things that it didn't help me in and some things that it kind of, like, gave me more anxiety and shame and stuff and, like, guilt, like, trying to be perfect and trying to, like, live this, like, super intense like I need to think of others but never think about myself and just serve so much. and it's just like I love serving but at the same time I need to think about my like I need to be in a good place to be able to like go out there and help people and do stuff and just alone just like taking a step back and taking a perspective of like trying to find myself trying to like find this relationship between God whatever might be out there like I, I feel like the anxiety has, like, I still have my anxiety, but it's calmed down. I'm like, it's a, more manageable than before where I would go to sleep and think about all sorts of craziness at night and be like, okay, well, I didn't sleep at all. Now let's wake up again and go through the whole process. Um, but just as you said, just like having that platform and talking about it, like my whole thing of just saying, hey, you know what, like live life how you want to live it. Like if you want to buy stickers and have, you know, little cute little decals, then go for it. If you want to buy pretty pens, like if you have like a certain thing that you like to buy, like stamps or whatever, like go for it. Like people will tell you how to live. But like you said, we all live how we want to live different lives. And as long as you're not harming anyone and you're not harming yourself, then I think that you should go for it. Like if you want to dye your hair 20 different colors, go for it like just expressing yourself I feel that when you allow yourself to express yourself it is very rewarding 
And it helps you want to help others to be able to express yourself. Be like, hey, I want you to be you. I want you to be happy with you. Like, I don't know. It's it's very exciting to be like in this journey where you can see a lot of people, like normal people, express themselves and be able to have a platform. Like you don't have to be a celebrity like back in the day. Like you can be a normal person and help other people. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> I think that's the important part is getting normal people to share what they go through. So people realize how many people are affected by it. Like, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's interesting you bring up the celebrity point because, yeah, it's, you know, it's good to have celebrities bring awareness to certain things. But if celebrities are the only ones doing it, it seems it can it can paint this picture that they're the only ones affected by it, where it's everyone's yeah. affected by it. Exactly. I, I feel that, like, I'm not really a person that follows celebrities. Like, I think I follow, like, one person on my Instagram, and that's Selena Gomez. Just because she also got diagnosed with lupus, and, like, she talks a lot about, like, mental health and stuff like that. And Fair. But besides that, I really don't follow other people because I'm like, I already have my problems I don't need to be involved in someone else's like I don't need to be knowing about your drama like if I hear it in passing okay fine like if my friends or whatever bring it up but honestly like I I'm in my own bubble in my own world trying to like help my community help myself like help my family um and and like you said like when you have normal people like you and I just talking about these things like I feel more connected I'm like hey like there's Alex from Virginia like he's going through all these things and he has ulcerative colitis and like we talk about like expensive medicine and all these things and it's nice to be able to be on common ground where I can relate to someone instead of someone that has the power has the money to be able to not care about expenses and I'm like okay yeah you're sick but okay how, how much does it affect you because you you have the money to like do the self-care you have the money to buy the medicine you have the money to get the good doctors and but with someone who's on like the same playing field as you you're like oh wow like we can really I can relate more to the struggles and and it's easier to be like oh yeah you know what like there are people like me out there like we're not alone no and that's that's an important thing and kind of brought it up in one of the groups that I'm in um it was last week Somebody was talking about how uh, <clears throat> when it comes to mental health and people that have, you know, chronic illnesses or disabilities, there's such a large factor of that comes from financial stress because of all the financial costs that are associated with having, you know, a disability or chronic illness, and the medications and tests and procedures and the lack of ability to work at times. And it, it, it plays a massive role. So, yeah, when, when there's people that have infinite amount, amounts of income yeah, it's yeah. not a big deal really not a big definitely. deal for them but for the yeah, rest yeah. of us oh yeah definitely like my anxiety like we like my family like we're we're okay but it's not like like we there's there's struggles that we have financially and I like I wish that I could contribute and I was working for a little while but then like my health again like my body was just so tired and I was always fatigued and uh sleeping and every time I would wake up I was so tired and then the pain would come and it was just the, to a point where I couldn't really function and I needed to work on myself go to the 
doctors and all that stuff. And um, one of my biggest stressors that has affected me mentally is a financial situation, just not having the income, uh, not being able to live alone and be able to like have my own place. Like, yeah, like I don't mind living with my parents. Like I, I don't care. Um, but it's like that thing of wanting to to help out and especially like money like people are like money doesn't bring happiness okay well but it brings a lot of security so I don't know what you're talking about like it might not make me happy but if it can pay my medical bills if it can remove a lot of stress <laughs> exactly and so I sounds um, pretty close to happiness to me um exactly. <laughs> yes and that's why like I'm like you know what like money it it is a huge stressor and I feel that there's many times that I've had friends that also we've talked about this a lot that they'll be like yeah I can't pay for my medicine and I can't I'm like it just and that sucks like not being able to get like life-saving medicine life-saving medicine oh, yeah. and they're like yeah I can't have this and and you're like how how do we live in a time and age when we can't even afford to get certain medications and um, I don't know it's just it's astounding how people who have money they try to make it seem like it's not a big deal but I'm like yeah you have your stuff taken care of like I on the other hand like I it like for example like for the government um because I am considered disabled because I've been sick since I was seven mm -hmm. and it really like took me out and I was put on disability at a very young age. So I've had it for my whole life basically. And when I got older, like the government, like you go to the office to like renew the thing to see if you're actually sick and everything. And, and they'll be like, oh yeah, you can work this much, but you can only get like a thousand, three hundred, a thousand two hundred dollars a month or something like that. And you can only have two thousand dollars in your bank account, like as in savings. And you can't have like, okay, if I didn't have my family, I would die. Like, how am I supposed to survive on that? Like, because if not, they take your insurance away. And I'm like, and my medications are not cheap. Like they are expensive. Like some of them are like $2,000. Others are like 700 or 500. But when you add it all up monthly, I'm like, how, how do you expect me to survive? Do you want me to just pretend and go into my imagination that everything's okay? And hopefully like by some magical rainbow comes out. yeah yeah no the whole i think i think personally like the permanent disability system in america is broken it's like you're saying like what people get paid and the limitations that they're able to make on income just don't make sense oh like, definitely like i told my mom i'm screwed if i try to go out and work because then they'll be like oh yeah you're you're well enough to work so then you don't need your insurance i'm like i still need it like what i'm gonna get paid is not even gonna be enough for me to buy my own food to be able to uh keep keep up with transportation to be able to get the medication and to be able to afford like other living expenses like that's just talking basic things like, like not even having fun and then if i don't work like it affects me mentally because i want to be able to do stuff like because right now i can probably maybe if i tried maybe do like two three hours slowly like because I still get very tired and the fatigue is what's really kicking me. Mm -hmm. 
And I tell my mom, like, that's one thing that stresses me that I'm like, how, how, like, seriously, seriously, like, how do they think that you, they want you, they want you to work and they want you to be independent, but at the same time, they want to take away the insurance that you need because then you can't afford the medicine. And I'm like, they, the system is very broken. And I'm like, I, it's like they purposely want you suffering and they want you living in between this line of like, oh, I see that you want to work, but actually just if you want to work, these are all the consequences that are going to come from it. Yep. But if you don't work, these are all the consequences that are going to come from it. And you're like, okay, what, what do you want me to do then? Damned if I do, damned if I don't. Exactly. <clears throat> like, there's no winning. And then there's option three, win the lottery. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, st- I'm still working yeah. on. I'm, I haven't figured uh, out yep. the trick for that one yet. Um, Me too. <laughs> still working on that one. But, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's 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 a broken system because... <laughs> No, because I looked into it, and, and the amount of time that it takes to file, like in America, the average time to get approved for it, it's like 400-something days, stupid, mm-hmm. something stupid. And that was numbers, like, before COVID. I can't even imagine what it is now. Oh, yeah, especially with everybody that is getting diagnosed with long COVID, long-haul COVID. Does that, does that count? Does that count? I don't know. <laughs> I think that they're trying to make it count because a lot of people are being, like, they can't work because some have, like, really serious heart issues lung issues and they're basically tied to their homes because they can't really do anything so i don't know i think they're trying i think i saw something where they're trying to make it count because of all like everything that it does i mean hell i got into my lungs and i'm just like okay whatever (laughs) (laughs) you're like fine i guess it's great it's annoying we'll fix that eventually um yeah no it's like don't get me wrong i don't want anybody to be sick but it's interesting to see these people that are finally affected by like a health condition like long covid people that were perfectly healthy before and now they're just all gung-ho like oh my god this is horrible we need help like um welcome welcome to the party yeah uh, get in line like back back yeah. of the line guys there's this big line you're gonna have to wait your turn um <laughs> like everybody broken needs some help uh it's, it's it's adorable that you're new to the party but for those of us that have been here yeah that's that's fairly normal like it's not fun but it's normal yeah yeah it's uh the healthcare system really like it's it's really broken and especially with covid like it really cracks like people if they weren't sick they're like oh no there's nothing wrong like you know like just pay whatever like and now that the cracks are showing people are like wait maybe there is something wrong with our health care system like yeah yeah we've been saying that for a while like yeah thanks thanks for finally getting on board right or people that are new to the medical system because you know they have the long covid or they, their underlying health condition came out because they got covid mm-hmm. like god any help with this this is so expensive how are you supposed to do this like well look, we've been saying this you guys have just been ignoring us and now that you're part of the party you're finally understanding like welcome to the conversation welcome to the it's conversation a, it's hard but i'm sorry you're here but i told you so <laughs> like i told you this is what we deal with and nobody wanted to listen until it and that's <clears throat> i think unfortunately that's the thing that comes with the medical system is 
people that aren't exposed to it or affected by it don't understand or want to listen to it. No, definitely. Like at all. Until they have to deal with it, it's not a concern. Oh, yeah. Like I, um, there's many times that I've met people. Either people will be like, um, well, maybe you don't need medicine. Maybe you need to have more faith. Maybe you don't need medicine. Maybe you should try essential oil. I'm like, dude, do you really think essential oil is going to give me a kidney? <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, uh, yeah, have you tried turmeric so. powder? That should right. have solved it. Like, 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 no, no, I didn't try eating a pound of turmeric powder. Sorry, but something about like will, that just doesn't seem like it's going to magically fix me. Yeah, like I'll give it a, it's it's time and place. Like, there's those there's some, there's some things that like you know might be beneficial, might help you a little bit, ease a little bit of pain here or there. But like for you to tell me that it's going to cure me, no, like I don't need your unsolicited advice of how you think I should manage my body. Like, cause I've done like, and that's the thing that when you're sick, many people I've noticed, like people that are sick are put in a negative light. Like, Oh, they're lazy. They're not trying hard enough. They're, they should try everything. It's like, you don't know what I've done to be able to get to where I'm at, where I'm actually like, I can move around and do stuff. Like, you don't know what the side effects are from the medications. You don't know, like the behind the scenes, the blood work, like the talks with the doctor, trying to find alternative things to medicines, trying to find the right medicine. And now that people are coming, like, like you said, like, it's sad, but it's just the reality of like, they come into the system. They're like, wow, like it's broken and I'm trying everything that I can. And just like my body is fighting with me and I'm always tired. And they're like, wow, maybe there's more to the pictures. Like, yeah. Yeah, there is. There's more to the picture. Well, <clears throat> to credit, I mean, to credit some things, you know, there there are some solutions that definitely help with oh, certain yeah. chronic illnesses, diet wise and such, or supplements. Oh, definitely. And it's not always a wrong suggestion. However, here's here's the important part. <laughs> the 10 supplements that might help me like vitamin supplements and the like five superfood meals a day. And this like, you know, fully organic, naturally sourced everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It might make a big difference with the inflammation or with the condition that you have, or it might ease certain things, but how much does it all cost? Oh like, yeah. Like, I'm sure we could fix some of the problems in my body if I was eating a perfectly healthy diet that's all organics, you know, farm to table, everything's super fancy, have all the, all the daily vitamins that I need that are from superfoods and, you know, $80 a pill. Yeah, probably help a lot. Probably would. Oh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't help my bank account. <laughs> Definitely. Like, that's the thing, like, like, what's cheap is what's killing us. Like, what's cheap is things that are not, the best things that are causing more harm to our body but then it's like it's it's a whole it's a whole mess <laughs> but like yeah like there are things like that I like for example like for me I take magnesium for my migraines like I didn't want to take more medicine for my migraines I tried so many different things I tried the Botox I've tried like in other injections I've tried Topomax I've tried a lot of things and then I started trying acupuncture and magnesium. They really help with my migraines. Like personally for my body, they're helping someone else's body, their own chemical, like, because we're all made differently. Like that same combination might not help them in that. Like, I just think 
like you said, if we had the perfect diet, yeah, it could it could solve a lot of things, but it's like the cost to your bank account. And also like, even if you could do it for like a couple of weeks, like realistically, you probably couldn't sustain it for a lifelong term of trying to do that. Yeah, cost-wise. Um, yeah. And so I just think that like my thing when it comes to unsolicited advice, like I'll listen to it. I'll be like, oh yeah, okay, thank you for your suggestion. But what I try to say is like, if you had never walked a mile in that person's shoes, you don't know everything that they've done to make their health better, then instead of giving unsolicited advice, the best thing that you can do is listen and hear their story and, and see, like ask them how they're doing, like be there for them. Like that's the best thing you can do. Be like, hey, you know, like sit there and listen, like sit there and hear it from them instead of coming in and arrogantly thinking that you have all the answers because you don't. Like everybody is different. Like, well, what works for me, the medicines that I'm taking, the same illness that I have, someone else might have the same exact problem, but the medications might not work. They might be allergic to it. It might not be able to even like relieve an ounce of their pain. And that's what I try to say. Like I have two other friends that have lupus. Their lupus didn't put them in kidney failure. Like I went into kidney rejection and they found out that the reason I was in kidney rejection was because of the lupus. And I have two other friends that their kidneys are fine. Like they, they're doing fine, but they have lupus. And it's like, just have taking in consideration that you might have the same exact illness, but different symptoms, different side effects, and just being more compassionate. Like at the end, just being more compassionate. Like you do not know what that person has gone through or what they've tried to improve their health. Yeah. Like when I hear, when I hear someone start the conversation, have you tried like, I'm going to stop you right there. You better be very careful with wor words come out of your mouth after have you tried. <laughs> yeah, it's like, excuse me, what? what? What are you saying? Have you tried minding a damn business? I didn't think so. You should try <laughs> it sometimes. Um, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, I don't need to hear your opinion because it's not going to help. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, the fun fun day-to-day -day experiences dealing with people that are uneducated and uninformed and that's why we have a podcast so that they can maybe listen and educate themselves if someone they ever know is affected by one of these said conditions that people talk about on a regular basis yeah. on the podcast so so yeah um i guess anything else you want to touch on before we wrap things up kind of all over uh, the place yeah it was it was all over i told the you place. Like, yeah There's no theme it's just kind of conversation and leads to wherever it leads to and it's perfect because that's how my brain works i love like when conversations we started with the illnesses and we started ended with like healthcare and people with their advice it's, it's beautiful i loved it honestly thank you for having me on the podcast and i, I really appreciate you coming it. on yeah. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening to the episode. Make sure you guys head over to thebeardedadvocate.com to show your support. It's got all the links to all the other social media platforms, which I'm creating a ton of new content on that I'm sure you guys would love to watch and hopefully in the future be a part of. So thank you, as always, and have a good one.